This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Welcome to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. My name is Louise and I am an alcoholic. The purpose of this show is to increase public awareness of Alcoholics Anonymous as an effective means of recovery from the disease of alcoholism. Our show has two parts. First, we'll talk a bit about alcoholism, what it is and what AA can do to help. Then we'll interview a recovering alcoholic who is an active member of AA. I'm now going to ask our guest to read the AA preamble, which is read at the start of every AA meeting. Um, The preamble. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength and hope with each other, that they may solve the common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting to our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organization, or institutions. Does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. A primary purpose is to stay sober and to help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. So what is alcoholism? Alcoholism is a disease, not a disgrace. There's no shame in having an illness or a disease. An unusual feature of this disease is that it will do whatever it can to convince you that you do not have it. However, once it has a hold of you, the progression of symptoms is like the classic disease model and the victim is as helpless as a sufferer of cancer. If you are an alcoholic, you're at the beginning of a long road that usually ends in one of three places, prisons, institutions or death. If you think this sounds dramatic, we can assure you that our collective experience has shown this to be true. The challenge is to convince the alcoholic to admit that they need help and become willing to seek it. Denial is a major symptom of alcoholism. The alcoholic is often the last one to recognise it and admit that they have it. Our definition of alcoholism is it is an allergy of the body coupled with an obsession of the mind. The allergy is the physical aspect of the disease. After having the first drink, the phenomenon of craving develops and we lose control over when we will stop drinking. The old saying is, one is too many and a thousand is never enough. And yet, because of the obsession of the mind, the mental aspect of the disease, the alcoholic is compelled to keep picking up the first drink. And this is what makes us powerless. We often hear from sober alcoholics that many doubted whether life could be fun without alcohol. Fortunately, those same people report that their lives have improved dramatically since they became sober. The 12-step program of recovery, which is discussed at meetings and which is outlined in the Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book, is how we get sober and maintain our sobriety one day at a time. This program has a proven track record of helping otherwise hopeless alcoholics to achieve long-term sobriety and recovery. It has taught us how to enjoy life sober. Okay, for anyone who's just joined us, you're listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. We're just about to interview an AA member who's going to share their experience with alcoholism. So let's meet our guest. Welcome to the show. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, 
Uh, my name is Val. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, welcome to the show. And would you like to tell us a little bit more about uh, who you are? Um, how old are you? Oh, uh, I'm 32 years old. Wonderful. And you've um, how long have you been sober for? I've been sober for two years and two months. Wonderful, wonderful. And do you, uh, so tell us a bit more about life outside of AA, family? Yeah, well, I have a big family. There are a lot of drinkers, so it's... Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so you were, um, so let's talk a bit more about your childhood then. So you were brought up in a, uh, quite a culture of drinking. Yes. Well, uh, I have a both parents are alcoholics, so I grew up with drinks all over the place. Mm-hmm. And um, drinking was natural to me. Mm. And and you've got brothers and sisters? Yes. I have um, a twin sister, a, oh. a sister, a big sister, older sister, and a brother. Well, they all drink a lot. <laughs> and so, you, so you're so you a twin, and so you've got a twin sister. Is she in, um, in the program or is she in recovery? No, no. She Well, that's the thing. Um, with my older, my older siblings, they are very big drinkers, but my twin, she is an anti-alcoholic wow. person. She hates alcoholism and she hates alcohol and everything. Isn't that interesting? It Goodness is. Goodness me. Okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about your drinking then. Mm-hmm. Um, how old were you and, and, you know, how old were you when it started and what was it like? Well, I started when I was 13 years old, mm-hmm. my drinking. Uh, I started because I had a lot of trauma and a lot of um, problems to deal with that I, I well, problems that I didn't know how to deal with. And for me, alcohol was an escape, mm-hmm. was a relief mm. of all that pain and the trauma that I had. And that, and that pain and trauma, um, you know, it was that, so going to, to the alcohol was a means of dealing with or escaping the feelings? Exactly, yeah. I mean, for me, drinking... It was very natural in my family, mm. so getting to that that uh, option of like, why do I get a drink? It was very normal to me, natural to me. But then when I had that drink, that first drink, it kind of produced a sense of relief, mm. a sense of excitement, mm. and a, a sense of freedom that I really enjoyed. Okay, and as a thirteen-year-old, you know, um, in your early teens, were you drinking with other people, with friends? Um, I usually drink uh, drunk at night, uh, like. Uh, like hiding myself oh, with wow. drinking at, at a young age. At a young age, yeah, I started drinking like socially when I was fifteen. Mm-hmm. So then I, I started going to more parties and mm. stuff. But when I was thirteen, I used to just hide my drinking. Wow, so quite uh, almost the opposite around a way round. And so as you prog- progressed into early adulthood, how did that drinking um, progress? It it was a very rapid progress. I started partying a lot, mm-hmm. so I moved to I moved to a lot of countries, and um, it was very easy to get access mm. to alcohol in mm. parties. So I became this party girl who was partying every day wow. and drinking to blackout almost every day. So uh, it, it it was a pretty rapid um, in my in my. Uh, late uh, teens, early twenties, I was already blacking out like yeah. very often. And 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 you say you travelled a lot. Mm-hmm. How did you maintain 
that lifestyle of being able to travel but party well, so much. Yeah, la- for, luckily for me and my alcoholism, uh, my father had to move a lot. Right. Because of his job. Okay. So I used to move with my family. Right. And um, uh, we were blessed to have a, a good situation. Mm, so mm. Um, pretty much my, my parents uh, paid for my drinking. <laughs> right, right. And so you were actually, you weren't necessarily doing this um, on your own. Mm-hmm. You had, sure. And so as it progressed, uh, you know, through your 20s, I guess, into sort of early adulthood, were there any consequences of the way you were drinking, drinking to blackout every day? Did it mean that your relationships were put in jeopardy? Yes. I mean, I had all sorts of uh, problems with my drinking. I had family issues. Mm-hmm. Um, all my family hated me. Mm. They didn't stand to be around me. I had I couldn't I couldn't keep a job. I no. managed to go through university okay. uh, pretty smoothly. But then I couldn't hold a job. I just couldn't hold a job. University allowed me to drink and mm, study, mm. but um, not not in the work uh, environment. And my relationships, yeah, they were really bad. I mean, I couldn't be in a romantic relationship because I'd rather drink mm-hmm. than rather than. So I kept on going to relationships with alcoholics or addicts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is like a normal. It was a natural thing to me because they were like my drinking buddies. So absolutely, absolutely, just, yeah. And um, you know, we we sort of talk about we, we describe our in AA we call it our rock bottom. What was it for you that made you think I need to get help, or had you ever tried to get help before? Mm, this is a very big question because I hit my first rock bottom when I was 27 years old. Right. And I ended up in, host- in hospital with an um, uh, overdose and alcohol poisoning. Mm-hmm. And the doctor actually told me, like, you're going to die if you keep drinking like this. Wow. And it took me maybe two or three weeks to get out again and drinking. Mm. Uh, totally omitting what the doctor said and I did, just didn't care. But um, that was my first um, light bulb moment, like maybe I do have a drinking problem. But mm. I, I really didn't accept that. I, because of my father's history, um, I couldn't accept that, my, that I had an alcoholism problem, mm. you know. Did just, you want to stop drinking? No. 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 So the desire to stop wasn't there. Wasn't there. No. I, I got more scared for mm. what the doctor said. That, that stopped me for a little bit. But like I said, it was less than a month. Yeah, absolutely. And so what was it that brought you to your first AA uh, meeting or to the group or to recovery as such? Yeah, well, um, when I was around that same age, uh, 27 years old, um, I got desperate and in that sobriety period, like not just when I stopped drinking for that few few weeks, I I went to an an AA meeting. Right. And, uh, but I didn't stay in the meeting. I just went and I heard people saying, like, I'm an alcoholic. And I'm like, I don't belong here. <laughs> so I just yeah. ran out. But I got a lady's number from that meeting. Mm. And then in 2020, when the pandemic was like super strong and, mm. and, mm. and like we were locked down and stuff, uh, they sent me a link for an, an, an AA meeting online. Right. And I was like, I was, but then, by that time I was drinking every day. I was blacking out. I was um, really bad shape, really bad yeah. shape. I was getting sick all the time. So I was like, I'm going to try this. Wow. I'm going to try this. 
That's amazing. And uh, were were you so were you in a country where you were isolated and you were stuck at home? Yes. Yeah. It was it was horrible. Yeah, we were like locked down for maybe months at a time. Wow. So it was, it and was, that's yeah. that's enough to to bring anyone's mental health to a, a place, exactly. let alone. <laughs> um, and so, what did you experience when you joined that online meeting? I had a very bad expectation about the meeting. I thought that I was gonna have feel the same way that of the first meeting, uh-huh. like I didn't wasn't belonging there. But for my surprise. I felt welcome, and I f- and I f- had that identification factor, ah. which was very nice because um, there was it was a speaker meeting, and this guy that was talking, he was um, sharing his recovery. He has like like he had like twenty years sobriety, mm-hmm. but he was talking like as a newcomer, right. all the symptoms and all the all the experiences and everything. I was like, oh my god, I'm like that. <laughs> I I I feel that way. I am that way, and and. So I I started thinking that I maybe belong in here. Wow! I still didn't quite accept that I had an alcohol that I, I was an alcoholic. I knew that I had a problem, but mm. um, I knew that I probably belong in those meetings. So the seed was planted. You related to what you heard, mm-hmm. and so did you keep coming back to meetings? Did you keep going to online meetings? Yes. Um, I kept on going every day, every single day to meetings. I wow. I, I joined a group in my country mm-hmm. online because we didn't have mm-hmm. in-person meetings. And I went every day. I didn't stop drinking, though. Right. But I went to meetings every day. I, I got a sponsor, uh, right, like, maybe a week after I joined mm-hmm. AA. And, uh, like I said, I didn't stop drinking, but I was trying. I mm. was trying to get mm. sober. And so what was it then that allowed you, you know, you know, two two plus years ago to actually put that drink down? What did it take? Well, it took a very harsh experience. I almost died. I OD'd oh, and, wow. um, and ended up in hospital for three days. Right. So um, unconscious, of course. And when I woke up, of course, I had been in AA, in AA for like maybe two or three months mm-hmm. at the time. So when I woke up and I saw myself in that hospital bed, the only thing that I could think about was the serenity prayer. Wow. And that was a that was the 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 aha moment. That was the I am an alcoholic. I can't do this. I I have a black it's not it's not that I have a problem, I have a disease. That's and that's when it hit home for me. I just got shivers. Um, and that's, uh, wow, okay. So so that was, uh, you know, what I guess brought you to your knees mm-hmm. and, and you and you realised. And so you talked about early on about getting a sponsor. And so talk to me about how that's really helped you. Oh, well, my sponsor helped me. Like she was like my A mum <laughs> at the beginning because I was so um, naive towards the program I was like uh, getting um, like advices from all over the place, sure. yeah. <laughs> and like I didn't know what to what to really follow. Mm-hmm. And she was like, "I know you do this and you do that." And I, I, I was very um, childish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still had a lot of growing up to do, so I was like, she put me into my place, and she mm. was like, you, "You have to do this. You have to do that." Prayer, meditation, reading. I used to be very bad at reading. Um, 
the big book. Mm-hmm. Um, I love reading, but not the big book. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but she got me into reading every day, mm. as, uh, like at least a page of the book. And um, that really helped me to grow fast yep. in the fellowship and in my program. That's and that's amazing, and and I guess that's the gift of of sponsorship. We don't have to do it alone because mm-hmm. we'll do it our way. Yeah, <laughs> not do what we're told. And um, so, what's it like now when you're in face to face meetings? Well, I love the face to face meetings. Yeah, I just love them because you get the energy of people. Mm-hmm. You know that. Um, don't get me wrong. I still like my online meetings because I uh, all that I've been used to for like two years. Mm. But um, now that I I get to be in the online meetings, I mean the in-person meetings, um, you get to see the faces, the mm. expressions, the feeling. Yeah. Um, in some meetings, like you, people hug each other, mm. something like that. So it's it's, it's quite nice. You you kind of feel that that fellowship. Yeah. You sure, know? absolutely. And we're so lucky we have both online and face-to-face mm-hmm. meetings. Um, so as, as part of uh, our recovery program, um, you know, we have m- multiple things we can do. How do you cope with difficulties? What are some of the things that you do? Well, uh, for starters, I look for help. Mm-hmm. I either call my sponsor mm-hmm. or talk to another alcoholic. That's the first thing I do. Um, when I see myself in a situation, just recently I got myself in a in a very bad situation where I didn't know how to cope, and I reached out, reached out. Mm. You know, I was like, okay, I stop, can't do this. Reach out for, reach for your phone, right? I'm, when I'm on my phone all day, mm-hmm. so at least I'm, I might as well use it for a good cause. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I do, like reach yeah. for help and then uh, prayer. And I guess that brings me to my next point about AA being a spiritual program, mm-hmm. you know, not not necessarily a religious program, um, certainly not a religious program, um, but it's a a spiritual um, program as you see it. What does that look like for you? Oh, for me, um, getting to the spiritual aspect of AA was very important because I was totally anti-religious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not an atheist or, or agnostic, but like anti-religious. Mm, I hate religion. Mm, mm. And um, getting that aspect of spirituality, I, I I had a higher power, like a conception of a higher power, very um, clear in my head and in my heart. So when I when I got to AA and 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 learned that you guys have. Um, you guys had like a higher power conception, not a God conception. Yeah. Um, it was very nice to me, and it was it felt like so easy, mm. you know, because it's my it's my own conception of a higher power. It's my own conception of God, if I wish to call it God. Um, it's my own perspective and my own angle, and it just gives me the freedom to do whatever I want. Mm. And that's a it's what if you choose to call it God, I love that. Um. Vale, how would you, you know, what's your life like today? Well, my life has changed a lot since I came to New Zealand. Um, but um, it is it is a better, way better life. I mean, before I used to be uh, not only a slave to alcohol, but a slave mm. to the um, consequences of alcoholism, you know, the 
uh, hangovers, not mm -hmm. being able to wake up in the morning, no, can canceling uh, meetings with friends and everything. Mm -hmm. Today I have a very big social life. Uh, today I have um, the energy to go out and to just go and walk for the park, mm -hmm. go to shopping, go to the shopping, go to even do the groceries. That may, many people don't like it. I love doing groceries, <laughs> you know, because it's just something that I never used to do before because yeah. I was too busy drinking. Mm -hmm. And I just like to wake up in the morning and say like, oh, I get to go to the supermarket today. Yay. <laughs> you so can do my supermarket shopping. <laughs> exactly. And online shopping. That's, I, that's what I love too. Um, and so I guess that's a completely different world to where, you know, to what you explained growing up, mm. drinking so young. And your relationships with your friends, family, loved ones? Well, my that, that's that been a, like an 180 Degrees yeah. change. Uh, just the best, best example that I have is that my mom, I had a huge resentment towards my mom mm. because of my growing up and everything. And ever since I got sober, we started to get in together. I've been getting uh, closer to each other. And uh, she smokes and I smoke uh, cigarettes. So we used to have this ritual that <laughs> uh, before bedtime, we used to go to my room and have, uh, have like one or two smokes and um, talk about our day and stuff. And so we got really, really close in, in just a period of two years. Wow. And that's just like super big change. And that, and that is, is beautiful, and that's the gift of the program mm -hmm. and that resentment being removed. Yeah. What would you recommend that if someone thinks they might have a problem with, with alcohol, what could they ask themselves to help them come to that, to that realisation? Well, the big question that I ask myself is, um, like, what do I feel? Mm. You know, like, for example, if I if I elaborate a little bit in this, um, why am I drinking? Mm. Why do I feel when I'm drinking? Mm. You know, because I, I used to f say I don't feel anything. I don't, I don't feel anything. But the fact is that I was covering everything with alcohol. Yeah. So I think that um, if you're drinking too much or if you're drinking a little bit harder than all, all, every other people, mm. you know, you should ask yourself, like, why am I doing this? Mm. And, and maybe look for help. Absolutely. Well, Valerie, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story with us. Thank you. It's been lovely to have you yeah. here. So for our listeners, if you've related to anything you've heard or would like some more information about Alcoholics Anonymous, you can look us up on the web at www.aa.org.nz or call us on 0800 AA Works. There are over 60 meetings a week in Canterbury, so it's likely there's one near you. Join us next week to hear from more AA members sharing their experiences. Our show airs every Monday at 5.30pm on Plains FM and repeats again on Wednesday at 12.30pm. You can also find podcasts of our past shows on the Plains FM website at plainsfm.org.nz or you can download, subscribe and listen to podcasts on iTunes and Spotify. That brings us to the end of the show. Thank you for listening and remember... If you want to drink, that's your business. But if you want to stop, you don't have to do it alone. We will now close the show with the serenity prayer as we do in every AA meeting. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, 
and and wisdom wisdom to to know know the difference. difference. You've been listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show on Plains FM 96.9. 